Hi, everyone. May peace be on you all. And welcome to another episode of I'm a Muslim and That's Okay. And I'm here with another guest for my segment, The Whole Muslim. With me is Thamur Qasr. And um, I sort of got to know Thamur um, through a very roundabout way. Um, he's a cousin of my BFF in Pakistan. And she's been after me for a little while. It's like, you know, you have to have Thamur on. He's really, really, really great. And I was like, okay. And uh, it's not that I didn't want to have Thamur on. It's just that I get distracted very easily with everything, you know, kids and virtual schooling and all that. But I have finally had Thamur over and I was going through his bio and he is, he just graduated in May 2020. Congratulations, Thamur from Harvard University with a joint degree in neuroscience and philosophy and language citation in modern, modern standard Arabic. He's also con- currently completing his master's from Duke University in bioethics and science policy program. And then, let's, it doesn't even end there. So, and he's going to travel to Munich, Germany on a Fulbright scholarship to conduct research at the Center for Neurophilosophy at Ludwig Maximilian University. You know, them, or you're not, you're making the rest of us look really, really bad. I mean, it's just, it's just. I mean, we can't keep up with any of this. And the 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 fantastic thing about this, he's only 23 and he's done all of this. And I'm like sitting there like, I feel pretty useless at this point. <laughs> but how are you, Thamur? Please tell us a little more about yourself apart from all this brainy stuff that I just like vomited out. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for your you know kind words and kind introduction. Um, I'm really happy to be here. So I appreciate you taking the time to interview me. No. Um, I, I think you... I think you said it well. I, I, I'm a student. Um, I just graduated from college. I'm a master's student right now. Um, a lot of what I do during the pandemic is essentially uh, just, you know, sit at home, alhamdulillah, with family and getting a chance to reconnect with them, uh, study and, um, you know, spend a lot of time in, in kind of the research world uh, in neuroscience and philosophy and, and mental health. Um, and what I'm really here to, to talk to you about today as well is mental health specifically and mental health mm-hmm. in the Muslim community, right. um, where uh, I've spent a lot of my time these days. Right, right. Um, so tell me, um, what is it that draws you to uh, mental health issues? I'm not saying they're not important, especially in the Muslim community. I know for a fact that it's one of those things that are very taboo um, to even like speak about or hint at. I mean, not so much now. Um, you guys are younger you know, more open. There's a lot more avenues where you get your information about mental health and there's a lot more acceptance in the younger generation, I know. But I know in my generation, older, you know, us old fogies, there's still a a bit of a taboo around it. So tell me, what is it that really draws you to mental health? Well, I think mental health is just such a foundational aspect of of who we are as people, um, as human beings. Mm -hmm. I think it's something that's always been there. And I think Mm -hmm. it's something that's always going to be there. It's just intertwined in in who we are and and structure of our brains and the way that humans work from a biological standpoint, but also from a social standpoint, from a cultural standpoint. And and I think in recent years, you know, mental health has really come to be this hot topic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that as that's, as that's developed, there's also been kind of these connotations of what mental health means, right. what it should mean for different people that have developed alongside it. Right. Um, and, and I think that's really interesting. Uh, wh- why I'm interested in mental health is because this very foundational human experience 
mm-hmm. uh, seems like a lot of the times it's only kind of siphoned off onto into one culture or one community or another. Right. Um, and so I'm really interested in looking at uh, from the individual all the way to the community level, how um, you know your experiences, how your genetics, how your underlying neuroanatomy uh, shapes the way that you see the world and interact with the world and, and you know the consequences of that. And when we were speaking earlier, um, you had mentioned that um, a lot of people only put mental health into the, um, I guess, the medical box of uh, either depression or anxiety of those that are treated medically. Um, but you you said that it's far more than that. Could you elaborate on that? Yeah, I think I think you know a lot of times, especially maybe in the Muslim community, from mm-hmm. from what I've heard, um, people like people think mental health or mental illness, and they think clinical depression or clinical right. anxiety or some clinical issue. Um, but I think you know I think the men- the view of mental health needs to be much more expensive. I think um, you know, for example, to give to give a kind of like a similar instance in, in physical health, you can have a small cold, or mm-hmm. you can have the flu. Right. Um, you know, you can have something that just brings you down a little bit, but you still mm-hmm. go about with your daily life. Or you can have something that really you know puts you in the hospital or requires you to take medication or something like that. And right. I think mental health is the same way. Um, right. And I think people know that, and people mm-hmm. recognize that. People use different language to understand what mental health is and how right. they experience it. Um, right. But I think people know, you know, the ups and downs of life, the highs and the lows. Um, right. I, I consider all of the types of discussions part of mental health. Um, and, and, and that's how, yeah, and that's why I think it's more expansive than just kind of the medicalization um, of certain conditions. Okay. And tell me, tell me, um, and this is the other extraordinary part about Thamud, he has founded a mental health um but I would say collaborative would be uh, a decent word word for it. It's an organization where you bring mental health amongst Muslim youths to the forefront. So please tell us about that. Absolutely, yeah. Um, so the organization is called Nafs, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's modeled after, of course, named after the word Nafs in like Arabic, mm-hmm. um, and in Urdu, kind of the self and soul. And right. the the goal of the organization is to create a sociocultural home for Muslim mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, I noticed in my undergraduate years, I was really involved with mental health, that mm-hmm. you have people who are addressing mental health in the research world, in the clinical world. You even have some people who are, you know, all of these tech startups that are trying to create apps that will diagnose your conditions and help you and things like that. Right. I, I didn't notice as much attention in the cultural world. Mm-hmm. And I think that's because the, kind of this culture of mental health that's developed certain language that people use to talk about mental health, uh, certain ways that people view their own lives when they view it through the lens of mental health, um, mm-hmm. and certain assumptions about what it means to be healthy, what it means to be normal, what it means to be human. That's all right. wrapped up in this mental health culture. And the the impetus for, for NEFS, for the organization that I founded, um, was really seeing how a lot of Muslims, whether mm-hmm. they're young or they're old, didn't right. resonate with that mental health culture that's developed. Right. And so we wanted to create a space where people could talk about mental health, Muslims could talk about mental health on their own terms and in their own words um, right. and spark a broader conversation about, right. um, you know, what mental health means in, in their own community and in their own conception. Um, and I can get into some of the other work that we're doing later, but I'll, I'll sure. turn it back, back to you. <laughs> no, um, what I wanted to know is that why do you feel that as Muslims, especially the Muslim youth, that they could not really relate to what is out there in terms of mental health and mental health treatment? So what is it that is the disconnect between the two? Yeah, I think it's, um, you know, I think it's a complicated question and I think there's complicated answers. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I think the most immediate thing that stands out is that just as a Muslim community, I think there is still a lot of stigma um, mm-hmm. about mental health, about admitting that you, uh, you know, not to use too strong a language, but that, that you need help or that you need a shoulder to lean on. Right. Um, and when that's at a cultural level, you never really even get to the point of seeking out, you know, a therapist or seeking out medication if you need it or something. Right. right. So I think that stigma is a strong, uh, strong factor. But I also think that, um, you know, from what I've heard from some of the conversations I've had with friends and with a lot of other Muslims just around the around the country, really, as I've um, as I've kind of built up this organization, is that, you know, I, I mentioned earlier that there are certain norms and beliefs and assumptions about what mm-hmm. it means to be human and what it means to be mentally healthy. Right. I think in for a lot of people, they feel like the current culture emphasizes, um, you know, happiness or emphasizes mm-hmm. Uh, emphasizes the fact that you can cut others off or other things off in service of your own happiness um, right, or right. that you you know and 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 things like that and there's nothing wrong with that mm-hmm. um, but what I've heard from a lot of Muslims they say that that doesn't really match up with the way that they understand their religion for example right, or they understand right. their family structure if your right. father is uh, you know, contributing negatively to your mental health you can't just cut him off um, because you want to be happier Right. Um, and that's an overly simplistic example, but I th- but I think that there's kind of these deeper cultural norms um, right. that are also part of the issue that's other than stigma. And that's the other thing I was going to get to. Um, you are, um, I would say, uh, if I'm not uh, mistaken, you are second generation, and I'm first generation. We grew up with very different dynamics. Um, I, what I wanted to ask was, amongst your peers, those who are Muslims around your age. What is the biggest thing that they struggle with when it comes to this? You had mentioned that there are certain um, like cultural norms that that don't really coincide with what is cu- culturally normal in the U.S. But what else is there that Muslim young Muslim men and women struggle with in, in terms of me- mental health, especially when they're growing up in the U.S.? Yeah, I think it's a I think it's a great question. Um, I don't want to speak on behalf of all of all of my friends and everything, so I can mm. kind of speak more to my own experience. Right. Um, as you said, my parents are both uh, Pakistani Muslim immigrants, mm-hmm. and I was I was born in the states. I think the identity piece is a really big factor, um, right. and I think that you know when you grow up somewhere else, mm-hmm. you kind of solidify your identity there, and then right. you come over with a solidified identity, and mm-hmm. it, it you know you you exist within that identity against the against the culture in which you come. Right. Um, when you grow up in between, you know, in a household that comes from somewhere else, but then in a culture that's kind of yours because right. you were born there, right? There's this constant jockeying between, well, am I American or am I, uh, you know, Pakistani? Am I Muslim or am I this or am I this or am I that? Um, right. And it's, it's, I think it can be really hard, and it sounds, I think, trivial a lot of the time. And like, you know, how does that contribute to, to uh, mental health challenges? But I think it is hard for a lot of people. Just because people crave that uh, social connection, they want to be accepted, and they want to, uh, you know, we exist within cultures and communities. Most definitely, and I, I could not agree with you more. Um, my children are still young; they don't really um, battle with these questions because they're like ten. All they want to do is play Roblox. But, <laughs> but the thing is, I do see it in a lot of the um, older, uh, older Muslim like individuals that it is a really complex dance, if you may, that you come from 
a family that is ha- holds on very strongly to a lot of Pakistani or e- even like from other immigrant backgrounds traditions and they are Muslims and then what they see around them when they go you know s- uh, studying either even in like um, even if you went to a private Islamic school or 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 anything which had other uh, like Muslims from other uh, backgrounds you still see so many differences and you're like I'm not sure where I fit in or how I fit in it's very difficult I, and I I can't even imagine because again I've not been through that experience for uh, for me growing up in Pakistan it was one consistent thing that everybody was following but it's not the same for for you guys that's and that's powerful to really have to come to terms with I think it's very difficult but most people don't realize especially most parents don't realize how really difficult it is. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And, you know, I think it's worth mentioning also that it's it's difficult, but it's not necessarily always bad. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't think that there's anything wrong with American culture or anything mm-hmm. wrong with outside culture. I right. grew up in a small town in uh, East Tennessee in Morristown, went mm-hmm. to an Episcopal school for nine years. Right. Um, you know, I really cherish and find a lot of my own identity in that culture, in those right. communities and those people. Um, and so it's 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 not so much of an us versus them thing, which I think right. so often can be the discussion and the discourse. But right. it's really just more about kind of uh, you know how does the how does the foundation of of, of a person uh, just kind of in, internally coherent? I think that right. that's what it is. Yeah. So I think that's worth mentioning as well. And so tell me, um, what is it that you hope to achieve through Nuffs? I know you had described what the organization do, but what is it? What's that one goal that you have for NUFS? The one goal really, you know, I want to measure our success by mm-hmm. if there's a Muslim anywhere right. in America, right. the student who's um, in a place where there's no Muslim community around him or her, right. that they feel that there's a place where they can go for support when it comes to their mental health. And whether that means reading an article written by peers, whether that means sharing their own story, whether that means accessing resources uh, or some of the other things that we hope to develop uh, as, as we grow. I want it to be kind of the go-to space on a, on a human-to-human level. Right. Um, and that's how I want to measure the success is that how can we, can we, can we you know, help that person um, in that way through our organization and, and the things that we offer. Right. Um, and what is it? I mean, right now, um, I had gone to uh, Nuffs and I had gone through some of the articles. Um, right now, it's just your peer articles. But what is it that you hope for Nuffs to evolve into? Um, because, um, you know, information articles is just one thing. What else would you like for Nuffs to have? Yeah, I, I want it to be kind of like a go-to space um, for, for Muslim mental health. I want it to be, of course, we have our columns. Um, that are coming out on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. Um, we have our journal. We have the community voices piece where anyone from the community anywhere in the country can submit mm-hmm. their own story. That's kind of the conversation piece, but we want to be able to de- develop resources. Right. Um, we want to be able to develop a connection with the actual community um, so that they can lean on us um, if, if, if they need it. Right. Um, and we want to be very responsive to what, uh, what the community itself says that they need. I think a lot of times people start to develop things without a clear idea of what it is the community actually wants or needs. Um, right. And I think we want to also be really humble in that in that approach and in that process of making sure that what we do is actually serving uh, our community in the way that they need it. Right. Uh, and here, here's the thing. Are you targeting specifically just younger Muslims or is it 
let anybody come into it. And I'm asking this for we, a specific we, reason. Like, 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 go ahead. We 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 uh, initially started by targeting younger Muslims, uh, mm-hmm. my age Muslims, college, university students. But that's not the goal. The goal right. is to create a space that uh, younger and older Muslims of all kinds, um, right. whether it's different levels of religiosity, age, right. uh, ethnicity, things like that, can come to one space and find conversation not always a conversation that maybe they agree with not always a conversation right. that maybe they think um is the exact same way that they think but at least helps them see the other side and right. i think that's and that's growth trust and me then well you're gonna see a lot of that and once the older ones start coming in <laughs> no but seriously um the, oh my gosh <laughs> no no i mean i'm old we're not that old then come on <laughs> No, but um, uh, the reason I ask that is that because there are um, so many other and, and, you know, this is always a good thing. It's always, especially in the situation we are in as a minority and a religious minority, having just one platform is never good. Um, but these days you have so many um, religious based uh, platforms out there. Off the top of my head, I think the only one I can think of is Yaqeen, um, headed by Sheikh Umar Suleiman. And they have so many of these um, resources, not just mental health resources, but many variety of uh, different resources out there. Um, what I think my question is, is that what is it, I mean, specifically that separates you nafs from what they are doing? So from my understanding, I'm not incredibly, incredibly familiar with Yachin and some of these other organizations. Mm-hmm. My understanding of the of the landscape, so to speak, mm-hmm. is that mental health in the Muslim community is often discussed from a top-down perspective, right. um, which again, is not bad. But I think that you have an expert or you have a religious leader right, and they talk right. about mental health is and they teach and, and that's how it goes. Right. We want to do it the other way around. Mm-hmm. We don't want, we want it to be from the bottom up. We, right. this is about building a community It's not right. about necessarily sharing information. Those things are important. They're secondary. Right. We want to be having these conversations, um, connecting with people individually. I spent hundreds of hours last uh, last fall talking to people as we were building the organization, just one on one, because I think that's really where uh, where where that's the way to address this problem. Right. I think right. is having ended conversations. So I think off the top of my head, and based off of what I know about some of the other organizations, that's what I think is our mm-hmm. kind of our approach that might differ um and both are necessary i think right neither is bad both are necessary right, right. um but yeah no i i think and that's fantastic that's the thing um i personally also feel that is missing is that um yes you do have a lot of um educated qualified um leading scholars um muslim scholars that do discuss these things but the everyday stories are what sort of gets um, gets drowned out. And I think uh, it's important, and uh, please, you feel free to, to disagree in any of this. I'm just mouthing off. I don't, yeah, I don't have any degrees or anything of the sort, but um, it's important for everyday stories to come to the forefront for the everyday person to be able to relate to a certain problem or a certain issue. Um, there are many mental health issues, um, domestic issues that do get pushed to the side because um, a a lot of people are not unwilling to speak about it as you've mentioned before and b those the stories that come out they receive a lot of pushback and i'm glad that nafs is there that uh, you are able to bring these stories to the forefront and really give people a, a the everyday person a voice when it comes to these things when it comes to being okay as a muslim 
in the U.S. as as you know, Muslim, young or old. So I think it's fantastic what you do then. I really appreciate that, and you know, I have nothing to disagree with. I think narrative is so important, and um, it's it really it just it humanizes things in a way that expertise and knowledge itself can't. Um, and expertise and knowledge and ethics, and you know, we're we're, we're thinking about all those things. Um, we're balancing all of those things, mm-hmm. um, but, but I think putting people at the people are all that matter at the end of the day, and putting people in the center rather than putting concepts at the center or knowledge at the center is, I think, uh, what we want to do. Right, right. Thank you so much, uh, Temu, for being with me. Um, before you know, we end the segment. Um, could you please give the web address for Nafs and any social media that Nafs is on? Yeah, absolutely. So our website is nafscentral.com. That's n a f s c e n t r a l dot com. Nuff Central, and our Instagram is nuffs underscore central. Um, so it's n a f s underscore central at nuff central. So please follow us on Instagram. Please follow along uh, on on our website. And I really appreciate again you having me. No, it was it was great having you, Temu. It's always I always feel a certain level of like joy and pride when I see all of you younger people doing so so much good. It's it's fantastic, absolutely fantastic. And thank you all for listening to me and watching me on YouTube. So until the next time, next segment of the whole Muslim, uh, you guys take care of yourself and may peace be on you all. Thank you so much for tuning in to I'm a Muslim and That's Okay. And if you wish to follow my social media for more updates, you can follow me on Instagram, on Facebook, and on YouTube. All the links to those are in the show notes. And if you are on Apple or on Spotify or on Podchaser, please do give my podcast a five-star rating. It really does help get me, you know, in the public eye. And if you wish to donate to support the podcast, you can do so through the PayPal link in my show notes as well. Take care.